Hoffa Day and welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often have some great opportunities on this program to tell the stories of Harvest Baptist Church. Sometimes we feature interviews with members of the church and uh, other times like today, we have uh, an interview with one of the friends of our ministry. You can join us at Harvest Baptist Church this Sunday morning. We're continuing our series this week in how to be a man or woman after God's own heart, Lessons from the Life of David, and this week we'll be in part four. Let's begin the program today by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Welcome, Pastor. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Uh, welcome to those that are listening and our audience as well. Glad to be with you again today. Yeah, Chris, we're going to be continuing our series that we've been doing over the last three Sundays, sort of a summer emphasis on the life of David, lessons from the life of David, how to be a man or woman after God's heart. Have you ever heard of the phrase, when the rug is pulled out from under you? Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've even sort of experienced that a little bit, you know, when uh, uh, we have rugs on our tile floors. Yes. And here it's a little easier to get the rug pulled out from under you. <laughs> and so when that happens, we kind of lose our balance and uh, everything's out of control. Everything goes everywhere, you yep. know, when the rug is pulled out from under you. Hot cup of tea if you're carrying that. Everything's yeah, a mess. That. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes that happens in life as well, where it just feels like the rug is pulled out from under us. In our lives, we have a lot of things that we base our security on, and they sometimes rest in things like our jobs and our families and friends and financial portfolios. And when the rug is pulled out from under you in some of these areas, you can really feel distressed and lost and everything goes everywhere. Well, there's a story in kind of the sphere of David's life about this season of time when everything had been moving, I, you know, we would say successfully towards, you know, David's future. And then it's almost as if the rug was pulled out from under him. And I think he says that. He expresses it in some pretty raw ways in the Psalms. So that's what we're going to be looking at this Sunday morning. Uh, we're going to look at 1 Samuel 19, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of texts in 19, 20, and 21, and then we'll reference some psalms as well where David expresses what he was feeling uh, during this season of time. And, uh, and then we'll, we're going to move from that to David's expression of, of uh, God's help in the midst of a season when he felt like the rug was pulled out from under him. So I'm hopeful that it will be helpful to people that were that are going to be with us, and uh, we'd like to invite our listening audience to come along um, this Sunday to be a part of that Sunday morning service. These lessons are really, really helpful, really, really practical for people in the sense that when you talk about the rug being pulled out from under you, there's not going to be very many people there that won't have an experience, something like that they can relate to, so look forward to it. Yeah, very good, and God's been using uh, this time and this study in the lives of people. It's really gratifying, I guess, um, encouraging to hear how God's continued to shape us as a church family and, and impact friends and guests that come along Sunday, Sunday by Sunday. Um, so we'll look forward to that time uh, this Sunday morning as well. And uh, we want to spend a little bit of time talking with a special guest that we have here at Harvest and on our campus, Dr. Bill Lovegrave. 
Lovegrove, Lovegrove. I'm sorry, uh, is with us for the week. And we'll talk in a minute about why he's here. But uh, welcome, Dr. Lovegrove. Glad to have you with us. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. This isn't your first time on campus, but first time in sort of some an extended stay. Is that right? That's right. We came to Guan for a weekend a couple of years ago and really liked it and wanted to come back. So we're excited to be back for a week this time. Well, we're glad to have you. And we'll talk in a minute about the team that you brought with you and the things that you're burdened for. Your background is in education. In fact, I think you have a, a PhD in engineering from Clemson. Is that right? That's right. I graduated from Clemson with a PhD in computer engineering. And then I joined the faculty at Bob Jones University. I'm the head of the engineering department now. We have an engineering degree with four concentrations, electrical, mechanical, computer, and civil engineering. And Bob Jones University, of course, is a Christian liberal arts school. So it's a great place for Christian young people that are interested in engineering to get a good education. And there's a pretty good number of students in that school, isn't that right? Uh, not the school in general, but in the engineering school. Um, yes, the school has about 3,000 students, and about 100 of them are engineering students. Okay, great. And, you, and you've been there a, a while, right? Yeah, I've been there over 30 years. Wow, that's great. That's some tenure. That's right. <laughs> I think you were telling me that you're involved in a couple other things. We'll talk about the summer things, but uh, robotics, is that a piece of... Uh, uh, of your ministry? Or your yeah, for a long time I've been interested in robotics, and you know that these days self-driving cars and other kinds of robotics are really big, really important. So we've been doing research projects. Engineering students always do what we call capstone design projects. They're supposed to do a big project at the end of their engineering education, and we really like robotics projects. It brings together mechanics and electrics, electricity, electronics, and computers. So all the different kinds of engineers can work together on a big robotics project. We just took a self-driving car to a robot competition hmm. just about a month ago and took first place and third place and a couple of the events there. So some exciting things going on in robotics. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, tell me about what sparked your interest in the engineering field in general, um, maybe even in high school. What, you know, what brought you into that uh, study? Yeah, I think, study? I think that's an interesting story, actually, in the providence of God. Because I grew up in Idaho, kind of out in farming country in southeast Idaho. And you would not think that would be a place that would really encourage somebody's interests in science and technology and engineering. Right. But there's, there was, back in when I was a kid, there was a big nuclear research site out in the desert in Idaho. I think they put it out in the desert because if things blew up, nobody would be hurt. <laughs> so it was out in the middle of nowhere in Idaho. And there was a big science community, a big research community there. So the public schools that I went to, they were really strong in math and science. So as a high schooler, I got interested in you know, knew that God had given me some abilities in math and in science, and it's kind of one thing led to another, and I ended up in engineering. And uh, were you originally thinking about education, or did you feel like you'd go into the practical field? I think when I was a teenager, I had no thought about being a teacher. Okay. And I think that would be true for most teenagers. But particularly when I got to graduate school, and I got involved in some teaching at graduate school, I realized, number one, I really like this. I really enjoy teaching. But number two, it's a way to use your life to really impact mm -hmm. other people. 
And one of our one of our philosophies at Bob Jones University is we want our students to live their lives in a way that matters for eternity, in a way that affects the lives of other people. You can get a good job in engineering, and I really believe that God gifts people to be engineers, and he calls them into the field of engineering, but not so they can just live a good life for themselves, not so they can just have a good job and make a lot of money. It's a way to serve people, both on a secular level with the engineering work that you do, and on a spiritual level to try to impact people. So when I think about how am I going to impact people with my life, being a teacher is a great way to have an impact on another, a whole next generation of young people. So 30 years in uh, education. Um, tell me a little bit about the, the changes that you might see in students from today versus 30 years ago. What's different about the engineering students oh, today? Oh, wow. Um, so certainly the biggest thing is we're now in the digital age. You know, when I first started teaching, most of the students did not grow up with a computer. Most of the students did not have a computer at home. Nobody has a smartphone. Right. You know, the level of technology was completely different. College was different. The internet was invented while I was in graduate school. So when I'm a college student, there is no internet. Mm -hmm. And it's almost unimaginable now. You talk to today's college students, they can't even imagine college without the internet. But that was the norm until 30 years ago. So that's, that's probably the biggest change. You mentioned a minute ago uh, the idea of one of the big reasons that you have felt like education and teaching has um, been such a uh, burden and a calling on your heart is the opportunity to train students, not just in the en engineering field, but to invest their lives and the gifts that God's given them. So let's talk a little bit about something that God has led you to over the years, uh, why you're here right now, but uh, just ministry and education in the Pacific region, Southeast Asia. How did that start, and, and what's God been doing in leading you in that way? So as Christians, we're all faced with what we call the Great Commission. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And I think everybody who's a Christian has to grapple with how does that apply to me? What's my piece of that, of that puzzle? And nobody, of course, is literally called to go to the whole world. No one person can do that. Even the Apostle Paul doesn't visit the whole world. So my take has always been that God gives each of us a slice of that job. There's a job to take the gospel to the world, and every one of us has a little piece of that puzzle. So I've thought a lot about what's my piece of that puzzle. What's the piece that God wants me to do in taking the word to the world, taking the gospel to the ends of the earth? And what makes the most sense to me, because I love teaching, because I'm a teacher, is to help students get ready, get interested in, get prepared to go around the world. I don't think God has called me to be a career missionary to go somewhere and live overseas and live my life. God certainly calls people to do that. I don't think he's called me to do that. But I still want to be a part of that mission. So as a teacher, um, Bob Jones University is a unique place because they send out summer mission teams to train students and prepare students to be career missionaries and to go into the world. So years ago, we got involved in directing, leading summer mission teams 
And we've taken mission teams to several different places around the world. But most recently, God has really focused us on Asia. And that was, first of all, South Korea. And now, more recently, we're here in Guam. And next week, we're headed over to the island of Yap. And God has really focused our attention on the needs in Asia and um, leading students here. So we've taken, I think this is our 11th mission team of college students that we've brought to various places around the world and given them cross-cultural mission experiences. I want to ask you some more about that, but maybe I should back up a little bit and ask about your your personal spiritual story. I mean, did you grow up in a Christian home? Um, what, what's your background? My father is a home missionary church planter, is the way I would describe it. He and my mom, they have spent 60 years of their life planting churches in the northwest part of the continental United States. So that's what I grew up in, in Utah and Idaho and Wyoming. These are parts of the country where it's rural and the populations are low, and the Mormon church is very, very strong in that area of the country. So there are not a lot of churches other than the Mormon church. So they've spent their lives going to little towns in that part of the country and starting churches and spreading the gospel and trying to teach people the truth. So I grew up in that situation. I grew up with parents who were involved in ministry. Mm -hmm. And they were very supportive of me going into engineering, being an engineer, but they certainly motivated me by example as well as by their teaching that I should have some part to play in the overall mission of taking the kingdom into the world. So I grew up with that, kind of that perspective on life. And you're having the opportunity to um, express it, of course, in the education of um, young people that will go out and serve with a biblical worldview and be active in the missions and the ministries of their churches. Um, and as you mentioned, you also uh, have 11 trips now. You have a team of four with you, and uh, tell me what you're doing here on campus. Why are you at Harvest right now? Why are you on Guam? What we're doing at Harvest Christian Academy is we're running a week-long computer engineering camp. It's for middle school and high school students. It's kind of a college prep, fairly advanced programming, electronics, 30-hour week-long summer camp experience. Um, that's what we're doing for the students at Guam. And uh, so the four students that you have with you, they're part of the School of Engineering at uh, Bob Jones University. And uh, are they graduates? Are they in the process sure. of their schooling? Two of them are recent engineering graduates. The third one is an engineering undergraduate. And we have one student who's a Christian Ministries graduate. Um, so three of the four of them are engineering majors. So this is their strength. They have the technical ability to come into the classroom and help these students go through this, this computer program that we're doing. But they're also Christians. They're Christian young people. And they're all interested in using their lives for God and really using their lives for God all around the world. You were asking me what's different about today's generation versus mm -hmm. 30 years ago. And I think our current generation of young people has a much more global awareness. 30 years ago, the thought of going and living in a foreign country would be pretty intimidating to most young people. But the world that they're growing up in now, the world is not such a foreign place to them. And the idea that they might go live in another country, work in another country, not even necessarily from a missions perspective, but just 
a sense of global awareness and global community seems to characterize today's young people. So these are young people that want to be engineers, but they're very open to the idea that they might be an engineer not in the United States, but somewhere overseas. And if your focus is, I want to use my life for God, and there are lots of opportunities around the world to have an impact for God in faraway places. I think it's an awesome opportunity for those young people, and we've really appreciated having them on campus and their heart for ministry and education. And so that's been great and uh, really awesome for the students that have taken advantage of, uh, of this week of, of camp uh, with your team. Uh, you're going to be heading to a couple more places uh, after this, right? Um, that's right. This weekend, we're headed down to the island of Yap, and we're going to do the same computer camp for one of the schools on the island of Yap, and then we'll head over to South Korea, and we're doing this in a couple of schools over in South Korea as well. Oh, that's great, and we'll be praying for God's blessing on your team as you continue to travel safety and uh, just fruitfulness uh, as you minister. Um, so you've been doing this uh, for a few years with the team, maybe a, a, some travel on your own, uh, in basically in this general region of the world. Tell me about uh, anything interesting or a unique experience that you've had, um, you know, just as, as you're serving in these areas. Just something really unusual? Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, well... Yeah, the, the most unusual place that I've visited is North Korea, and that's a story for another day. But I've had the opportunity to do a little bit of teaching in North Korea, um, and that's one of the most out-of-the-way places that there is. Um, what, I guess, we, we want to think about what's the most unusual about each situation, about each place. What's the most unusual thing that happens? But what comes to my mind when I compare South Korea, North Korea, Guam, haven't been to Yap yet, but... People are people everywhere you go, mm -hmm. and we have differences. Of course, there are cultural differences, and some of those cultural differences are big, and some of those cultural differences are profound, but people are still people, and there's a whole lot in common, no matter where you go in the world. People get married, people have families, people have children, people get education, all of these human relationships, all of these, you know, there, there are so many commonalities to me the commonalities kind of overwhelm the differences and especially if you're a believer and you meet with a group of God's people even if it's in a completely different culture and the language is different and the food is different and the dress is different but when you start reading the Bible together and you start singing songs praising God together you really have a sense that we're all part of the family of God. We really are. These are my Christian brothers and sisters. And that, that's true even on a secular level. There's a lot that we have in common, but that's doubly true for a believer who, is, who encounters other believers, even in very, you know, very different cultures. So I'm sure I could think of some things that are unique about those different cultures, but when you ask the question, that's what comes to my mind. Yeah. I think it's one of the unique things about uh, Guam and Harvest Ministries in particular is the variety of people from uh, really around the world that God brings together here. Uh, even just last night, uh, your team of four uh, was part or came 
to be part of a Bible study that I'm a part of with, we call it a young pro group. It's young professionals, some college students. But last night we had about 50, uh, over 50 young people meeting together, exactly what you're talking about, singing and studying God's word together. And it's people from all different, um, you know, ethnic backgrounds and, and uh, yeah, really fascinating. And it was great to have your team be a part of that. They'll see more multicultural uh, experiences than that, of course, when they're in Yap and, and heading to South Korea. But yeah, there is a oneness of that group that really is sure. from a lot of different places. Absolutely. Well, maybe you could uh, kind of bring this uh, to a close by telling me specifically, telling us specifically about uh, what your burdens, your primary burdens for this team would be. And, and maybe even as you think about future uh uh, trips that you're going to take. What, what, are you, what are you trying to accomplish? What, what would you like to see God do? So one thing on the top of my list is we've got four young college-age people, and they're right at the start of their careers, and they all want to serve God with their life, but they're not sure exactly what that's going to look like yet. And, you know, for most of us, God doesn't lay out a roadmap for our whole lives. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't tell us everything we're going to do. But they're trying to figure out the next steps. And they're trying to figure out how God's going to use them. And a mission trip like this can be a big part of God's leading them. So one of my prayers for the students, one of my plans for the students, is that God leads them through all these experiences and motivates them in certain directions and helps them to understand these are my gifts, these are my abilities, these, these are the things that maybe God is going to use me to do. That would be at the top of my list. Well, I'm excited uh, for your team, uh, thankful for your ministry here and uh, just the educational ministry that you had among the group that's a part of that, uh, of that camp. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your story and your burdens that God's given you, and we'll continue to pray for your for God's blessing on your team as you as you minister the next few weeks. Thank you for being with us. Yes, thank you for your support of our team and for your encouragement. It's been a real blessing to be here. And thank you for listening to this edition of Harvest Time. Now, one of the things we always do is invite you to be with us this weekend for services at Harvest Baptist Church. We begin Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. We have children's programs, adult Bible fellowships. You can stop at our Welcome Center, which is right out in front of the auditorium, get directions to your class or uh, get directions for your children to their class and then join us Sunday morning at 10:30 a.m. as we continue in our series how to be a man or woman after God's heart lessons from the life of David will be in part four if you need more info hbcguam.org hbcguam.org thanks again for listening to harvest time